Welcome to Tap the Rack. I'm Josh. Today we are going to go through the box scores from January 9th, 2020. It is 2020. Hard to believe, but it is here. Here we go. There was a rather small slate of games on tonight, as is often the case on a Thursday. First up, we had the Boston Celtics and the Philadelphia 76ers. This was a home game for the 76ers, and they started off first quarter giving up a nine-point deficit to the Celtics, who outscored the 76ers in the first period by 35 to 26. But then they came out flat in the second quarter, only scored 20 points in the second quarter. However, the 76ers only scored 22 points, so they just shaved two points off of that deficit, and they kept going in that direction. In third quarter, the the Celtics came out and scored 25 points to the 29 from the Philadelphia 76ers, uh, cutting four more off that lead, and then absolutely blew them out in the fourth quarter, 32 to 18 to win this game by 11 points on their home floor. Josh Richardson with a big game, 29 points, three rebounds, seven assists, doing a lot of damage for the 70. Sixers, but that's pretty incredible. 20, 25, and 18 in the final three quarters after giving up 35 in the first. Some top performers from the winning team, the 76ers, uh, they outscored, when they had their starters on the floor, they outscored the Celtics pretty significantly. If you look up and down, ultimately most of their guys were positive while they're out there on the floor couple people, zero, negative one, a couple guys, Trey Burke, Pele, that played 12, 13 minutes right in there. Uh, Cork Maz was negative three. But Horford, Scott, and Richardson were all plus 13, 15, and 19. <laughs> uh, so Scott was plus 13, Horford was plus 19, and Richardson was plus 15. Now, I'm not always necessarily the biggest fan of... The plus-minus, but I think on a game-by-game -game basis, it tells us a little bit about what happened in the game. Not necessarily how well those guys played, but when in the game uh, did they get outscored. And when Harris and Simmons were on the floor together, they really had some, some trouble. Uh, obviously, we had Joel Embiid out for the game, which definitely affects things, so it feels really good. Even though they're on their home floor, to still be able to get the win despite not having Joel Embiid out there. To help offset that, you had to have Horford um, come up, and he, he did come up big. I mean, he, he had the best plus-minus out of everybody on the team. He put up 17 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists, a very Horford line where it doesn't really make your eyes pop. Then you look over and go, oh, he went 7 for 11 from the field. Oh, 2 for 3 from uh, the 3-point line. Then only 1 for 3 on free throws. We'll give him a pass there. Now, the incredible part, though, is out of those 8 rebounds, 5 were offensive rebounds which really helps as far as just the total number of shots that your team gets to take. And for them, that was 96 and a half attempts, if you count free throws as a half, uh, versus the Celtics. They just got 92 shots up. So that's four and a half more shots, which is a really, really big deal. Uh, if you think about it, look at it, people score a little bit over a point possession, 1.1 points per possession, so four and a half extra shots what does that give you about five extra points uh, a game so 
the difference in this one was a little bit more than that five points, but you got to think uh, a five point difference uh, between two teams that can be per game. That's the difference between a team that is very, very good and is going to win 50 games and a team who's 500 or a team that's uh, out of the playoffs. 76, there's not a whole lot of other standout performances outside of the ones I mentioned 10 for 10 from the free throw line for Jason Richardson. Uh, they played a total of five different guys off the bench. They all ranged between 12 and 19 minutes. Uh, Thibault conti continues to play pretty well, uh, defensively especially. Uh, he was the only guy off the bench who was actually a positive for them. So the Celtics definitely cleaned up uh, in their second units. Uh, Ojale and Cantor were plus eight and Cantor was plus 11 uh, to give you kind of an idea there. Marcus Smart was plus four off the bench, but he scored 24 points for him on nine of 14 from the field. Uh, but you add that to what Kemba Walker did with 26 points, 10 for 20 from the field. They're getting a lot out of their guards. Five 11 from three point line uh, for Walker and five of seven from three point line uh, for Smart. So I would say they're point guards, but between the two of them, they played 64 minutes. So they're obviously covering more than just the point guard position. Uh, Tatum with 10 rebounds all defensive rebounds that's a lot of boards they started Theus Tatum Hayward Walker and then Jalen Brown which has been a pretty normal lineup for them I really like Cantor coming off the bench I really think he is the type of guy you want coming off the bench as your first big guy off the bench uh, we'll see if the Celtics ever make a move to get something else at center or they're gonna let it run for this year the Celtics won the three-point line Depending how you look at it, they hit 14 of 36, while the 76ers hit 11 of 27. So they shot 39%, and the 76ers shot 41%, but they made three more. So it's pretty comparable, really, the overall effect from downtown. Offensive rebounds, 13 offensive rebounds for the 76ers versus eight for the Celtics. And that's really what made up that four-and-a-half shot difference uh, between the two teams. Their turnovers, fairly close. 14 for the Celtics, 12 for the 76ers. Ben Simmons, 0 for 0 from three-point line. Shocker. 19 points, 9 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal. He's doing his normal work. Make him a power forward. He'll be a great, great power forward. Get somebody else in there to take the pressure off him at the point guard position. Can we get a, can we get a Chris Paul for... Uh, Al Horford trade? I mean, is that in the works or what? Anyways. So tonight we had the Philadelphia 76ers outscoring the Boston Celtics by 11 points. Next up, we had a really good game between two really bad teams. We had the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Detroit Pistons with Kevin Love being a good teammate and coming to the rescue for the team. And he had a really, really big three uh, in overtime that really helped propel the Cleveland Cavaliers kind of get control of this game. They ended up uh, outscoring the Detroit Pistons 13 to 10 in overtime to win 115-112. Uh, Detroit started out with a six-point lead in the first quarter, outscoring Cleveland 32 to 26. Moving into the second quarter, they added to their lead, added another five points to it. They're up 11 going into half, and then they decided to give it all back in the third quarter. They only came out, no, they only scored 22 points to Cleveland's 31. Headed into the fourth quarter, two-point game. And Cleveland outscores them by two points, obviously, as you already know, since it went to overtime, 21-19. to uh, And the defenses 
either locked in or the offense disappeared, however you want to look at it. Uh, the Cavaliers went 5 for 20 from downtown compared to 6 for 20 for the Detroit Pistons. So it was a really good game. Maybe not a lot of great shooting, but it was a really good game. Uh, 19 19 offensive rebounds for the Pistons. Uh, so they, they got a total of 106 attempts at the basket compared to 101 for the Cleveland Cavaliers. So that's a, that's five more attempts. Without those extra five attempts, this thing does not go to overtime, and the Cavaliers are able to take care of this in regulation. Despite going 5 for 20 from downtown, the Cavaliers were still 53% from the field, 48 for 91 uh, we can't forget the three-point line is great. I love threes, but there's a lot of teams shooting a lot of bad threes. And at the end of the day, you got to attack the rack, get to the hole, and that's how you're going to win some basketball games. That's what gets you to the free throw line 20 times like the Cavaliers went to the line uh, th this tonight in this game. 14 turnovers for the Cavaliers, uh, 15 for the Pistons. The Cavaliers played really... Brandon Knight, Deladova, and McKinney uh, got the majority of the minutes off the bench. Uh, Zizek got seven minutes, but whatever. Uh, the other three were all positive off the bench, uh, plus five, plus six, right in there, all three of them. Knight got 24 minutes, Deladova got 15, McKinney got 14 uh, minutes there. None of them scored a whole lot coming in, uh, but they all got steals. They were all playing defense, uh, which goes a really long way for the second unit. And as you heard, as we went through the score of some of the quarters, that was really the big key to being able to get this thing taken care of is holding Detroit to 41 points in the second half. Well, I guess, it, I don't know, do you include overtime in that? So that would be 51 if you include overtime. So we'll say 41 points in the third and fourth quarters. As far as the starters, you got Garland and Sexton out there with Osmond, uh, Chetty Osmond, Kevin Love, Tristan Thompson, all out there. Tristan Thompson playing 45 minutes tonight. So I understand they went to overtime, but that is still a lot of minutes, and that's good work. And he had by far had the biggest plus minus out of uh, everybody on the team. The only one who was close was Dumboya on the Pistons with plus 8 uh, to Thompson's plus 10. Putting up 35 points, just doing some work with 14 boards. Seven of those are offensive. I love seeing those offensive rebounds. It's great if you get 14 boards, but if they're all defensive rebounds, man, you better not have given up any offensive rebounds to the other team or else it's not that great of a feat because that's really what we're talking about is limiting the other team's offensive rebounds that's where it has value it also has value when you score 35 points when you go 15 and 20 from the field and five and six from the three-point line and this must be a typo but it says zero one for three-pointer three-point land so well, let me check this real quick i can't believe tristan thompson's actually shooting threes maybe that was a half court heave or something like this but <laughs> let me make sure yeah no there he's not shooting threes don't worry oh Oh, wait a second. Wait a second. Did I miss this? When did this happen? Very recently, it looks like. Uh, so far on the year. Okay. <laughs> I pulled it up. I saw he was 43% from downtown. I was a little bit confused. But it's 3 of 7, so don't get too excited. We will wait until he's taken 3 to 7 threes a game before we worry too much about Tristan Thompson's 3-point shooting. Just be happy he went 5 for 6 from the line. That's good enough shooting for this young man. Sexton and Garland, 
19 points for Sexton, 20 points for Garland. That's not really ever the concern. The concern's more the efficiency. Garland went 8 for 14. is a little bit better. Um, 7 assists, which is good to see. Sexton getting 1 assist is a little rough. 9 for 19 from the field. I'm sorry if you go 9 for 19 from the field, uh, you, you should be able to figure out a way to get more than 1 assist. Deladova also had four assists off the bench. Brandon Knight had three assists off the bench. They kind of helped keep things moving. They pieced it together. Love had three assists. Tristan Thompson had three assists. So you piece it all together, they had 24 assists on the game uh, compared to the 20 for the Pistons. A big game from Drummond, 28-23. and 23. No big deal. Becoming a little bit ho-hum for this young man. 13-24 uh, and 24 from the field. 10 10 offensive rebounds. It's like, are you kidding me? That is incredible. That that's just kind of um, mind numbing. That's a that's a lot of extra attempts you're giving your team. And if you're going to shoot over 50% from the field um, and get 10 offensive rebounds, uh, there's some value there. But ultimately, he got outdueled by Thompson, and uh, he was ne a negative when he was out there on the floor. His team got outscored. Not that he was a negative, because obviously, if you're getting 10 offensive rebounds and you're getting good efficiency, unless you're just a complete uh, what, do, what do they call it? Just playing Ole defense? <laughs> just, unless it's complete Ole defense going on from your center position, uh, I, I'm sorry, you're still adding value. Derek Rose. Derek Rose, he has been incredible to watch. Uh, the way he is using his positioning, uh, his ball skills, his understanding of the game, the rhythm, the timing, the making all the different types of shots has been pretty incredible to watch. He put up 27 this game with seven rebounds, five assists off the bench, but he got 36 minutes in off the bench. So I don't know if you can call him a bench player, but he definitely, uh, he definitely, definitely, definitely is doing some work off the bench. We'll see how much longer he is wearing a Detroit Pistons uniform because with his $7 million-ish salary, he's definitely a very movable piece, and I don't see the Pistons going anywhere. If you're losing to the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, at home, not the Cavaliers at home, the Pistons were at home. You lose to the Cleveland Cavaliers when you're at home. That's a pretty rough loss, especially when you're getting a 28-23 game from Drummond and 27 off the bench from Derrick Rose. If that still leads to a losing effort, time to blow it up. Move Snell. Somebody wants Snell. A little 3 and D wing uh, type of a guy. Tonight, one for five, but generally a pretty solid player. Uh, Dumboya is going to be an interesting player. He looks like he's going to ha has a future a little bit with them so I, they do have some nice pieces uh like two <laughs> but they do have a couple nice younger pieces so it'll be interesting to see how it all comes together and really if we're being honest how it all comes apart for the detroit pistons where they lost to the cleveland cavaliers 115 to 112 next up we have the portland trailblazers the Portland Trailblazers playing against the uh, Minnesota Timberwolves, uh, who were at home. So the Trailblazers went in visiting them. First quarter, they started off and they, they, they took it to them, 34 to 28, giving themselves a six-point lead going into the second period, where they decided to leave their offense on the bench and only score 13 points in the second quarter compared to the. The exact inverse of that, 31 for the Timberwolves, erasing that six-point lead and putting him up 12 going into the half. 
And so the Trailblazers came out. They put their offense together. They got it right. They scored more than twice as many points in the third quarter as they did the second. Put up 27 and gave up 41. So the lead continued to grow and soon grew by another 14 points uh, until the Trailblazers came out in the fourth quarter uh, and went 28-16, to 16, cutting the lead down by 12, but still losing by 14. Carmel and Anthony just right off the bat. Nice little negative 29. But this is why I don't pay too much attention to the plus-minus other than just kind of seeing what happened and when it happened in the game. Um, because McCollum was minus 31. You gotta, you're going to have a hard time convincing me that McCollum uh, it was not a positive for the Blazers. Uh, he, he scored 15 points tonight on 6 of 12 from the field, 3 for 4 from downtown. But not a whole lot else. One block, two rebounds. You'd hope that he'd get a little bit more involved in some of the other parts of the game. Uh, Lillard with 20 points, 8, eight assists, 4 rebounds. 6 of 17 from the field. A little bit rough. A little bit rough from the field. Carmelo was 3 of 10 from the field. 0 for 3 from downtown. Two rebounds. Two rebounds is real rough for your power forward. Uh, traditionally, he was a really good rebounder for his position. But also, he was a small forward, not a power forward. <laughs> so that's going to be a little bit different. Uh, Whiteside gobbling up those rebounds. 14 rebounds. 5 of them offensive. 15 points. 2 blocks. Not too bad. Bazemore, the fifth starter for the Blazers, uh, chipped in two points in 30 minutes, uh, kind of operating as their defensive stopper, so to speak. Uh, heavy on the defense, not a lot on the stopper, I suppose. Uh, don't get me wrong, I like Bazemore's game just fine, but I'd rather him be kind of my defensive stopper, 3 and D kind of guy off the bench. He should not be in the starting lineup if you really want to be winning. And I think a little bit indicative uh, indicative of where the Blazers are at, uh, they played six different guys off the bench, kind of trying to search for something that's working. Obviously, a lot of that's just guys getting into the rotation in garbage time um, to get some reps out on the floor. Uh, but Hazonia is doing his Hazonia things. <laughs> One for three from the field, five points, three for three from the free throw line, couple assists. Uh, Tolliver had a couple of assists, 0 for 4 from three-point land. Uh, Gary Trent Jr., really like him. I think he's going to be a nice little player for them. Him and Simmons, um, a couple of nice little guards of the future, which puts a little bit of pressure and opens up some optionality. Um, I know that the Blazers really don't want to trade and break up McCollum and uh, Lillard because essentially they're not going to get stars unless they draft them. And as long as they have Lillard, they're probably not going to be quite bad enough to get a really good draft pick uh, but if they can bring in some reinforcements using McCollum Gary Trent Juniors and Simons might be able to step in and fill in a little bit of that void over the next years and hopefully Little can develop as well uh, you know I'm from Seattle so they, they're kind of my default second team now that we don't have that full-on I-5 rivalry with them and the Sonics uh, may they rest in peace but now let's talk about the winning team uh, the Timberwolves Without Towns, this is the hard. This is the hard part for me. If the Blazers really want to start getting into the hunt, I mean, this is a team that they're coming in with very similar record within a couple of games. Who's out? Their very best player, by far their best player, not even close. And, and they go and they lose by fourteen. And the reason why it was only fourteen is because they mopped up in garbage time and outscored them in twelve by twelve points in the fourth quarter when this thing was already done and over with. Covington's just a real nice player. 
I mean, you, you give me three Covingtons on a team, and I'm super happy. Put a point guard in a center with him, and we're good to go. Uh, he was plus 20 in this game. He scored 15 points, four rebounds, two assists. Not assists, sorry, sorry. Two steals, two blocks, two fouls, a lot of twos. But two of six from three-point line, one of two on his free throw, six of 12 from the field. Just real solid production out there. Always plays really good defense, especially off the ball. Uh, Wiggins. 23 points tonight, 9 of 15 from the field. Really nice to see he only took 15 shots and got 8 assists without Towns out there. He's actually operating. They're trying to get him to operate like their point guard, although they started Napier uh, tonight to help with that as well. But Napier had half as many assists as Wiggins, so you tell me who ran the offense. Uh, Teague came in with 6 assists off the bench, obviously, to help run the offense as well that way. Just like the Trailblazers, because of the kind of how the game went, uh, they brought in a total of seven different guys off the bench to Portland six. Napier scored nine points, two of five from the field. Uh, Culver is starting next to him, twelve points, six rebounds, uh, one assist, six of thirteen from the field. Uh, Gordy Jang has been playing some real good defense. I gotta say. Uh, he, he's doing some good work out there. Uh, a few of these guys, I feel like him and Biombo are probably the two biggest who are pretty solid centers all in all, can play some good defense and everything. I mean, he, he only played 17 minutes, but he was plus 19 in those 17 minutes. So I, I, I think that's some pretty good work. Um, just like Wiggins got eight assists in 26 minutes. Uh, that's also some pretty good work. Uh, but Jang's contract, I think, has just overshadowed the fact that he is a competent basketball player uh, that can help anchor your defense a little bit inside. Uh, we can't lose sight that every team, they need somebody to run their offense. They need somebody to anchor their defense. There's probably going to be a point guard running their offense. It's probably going to be a big man anchoring their defense. Uh, and not go-to guy as far as running offense. You also need a couple guys that you can go to and that can create their own shot. You need two guys that you can go to and create their own shot. And preferably, you have somebody coming off the bench that can either run the offense or create a shot for themselves. Um, and if we're being real selfish here, we'd love somebody coming off the bench that can anchor a defense as well. But not many teams have all of those things. The teams that have all of those things are generally championship contenders. Anything else we miss in here? Wiggins, Covington, I think we covered it all. Uh, some performances off the bench. You had Teague, like we talked about, the six assists, but he also has 12 points. Uh, one block. We got 11 points from Bates Jop. I think that's how you say it. Eight rebounds, one assist, one steal, one block, one turnover, and five fouls in 24 minutes. So... A little, little hacky, but, you know, that's okay. A Kogi getting 25 minutes. Really like this kid. Looking real nice. He's not going to dazzle you with anything on the offensive end unless he happens to get a breakaway dunk or something like this. But an incredible defender. Looks like an OKC player, I tell you what. Can't shoot, can't do much of anything, but can lock some people down. Um, Jordan Bell, a little disappointed to see him. Towns is out, and it's a blowout, and you're still only getting five minutes. It definitely hasn't been the season he would have hoped. And we got the Minnesota Timberwolves hosting the Tr Portland Trailblazers with a 116-102 win. And then we have the Rockets at the Thunder. Russell Westbrook's homecoming, an emotionally charged game, beautiful little 
tribute video that they showed uh, before the game ha had him all jazzed up to go out and have a huge game, which he did. Uncharacteristic, only two rebounds, but 34 points, 14 for 26 from the field, 5-6 from the free throw line. Not a bad game. His team did not really have his back. After the first quarter, they were down 37-21 in the quick hole. Uh, they climbed a little bit back out of it, outscoring OKC by four in the second quarter, going 27-23. to But comes out in the third quarter, 19 points Houston scored in the third quarter. And if you're already down big and you score 19 in the third, you know the game is over. Uh, and OKC put up 29 on him. The lead just kept growing. And then in the fourth quarter at about seven minutes left, Chris Paul pulls a nice little nutmeg right between on a trap off of a, a pick and roll and goes to the hole and lays it in uh, with the nice little finish. And uh, after afterwards, he, he, he just waved his hands and said, I'm done and fouled Westbrook and... Uh, uh, intentionally so he gets subbed out and called the game so and that was game it was garbage time from there on out uh, in the fourth quarter uh houston outscored okc by 125 24 leaving it at a final 113 92 for the oklahoma city thunder with the big win pretty impressive gallinari with 23 points 11 rebounds four assists three for six from downtown 7-eleven for the field uh, pretty nice adams uh, Paul Ferguson and Shea Gilgis Alexander, their starting five. Uh, Shea Gilgis Alexander with 20, uh, 18 for uh, uh, Paul, and 15 for Adams. Uh, you could just see this team take on their uh, the personality of Chris Paul. It is pretty incredible uh, to watch. And Schroeder, they just have six really, really, really good players. Uh, it's pretty incredible if you look at the box score for them. In garbage time, they kind of got outscored. So a lot of these guys that played in garbage time um, have negatives. But um, Schroeder plus 18, Adam set plus 17, Paul plus 17, Ferguson 23, Shea 28, Gallinari 24. Uh, they, they just took it to them. The biggest thing is they shut Harden down. I mean, as much as you shut Harden down, but he has 17 points. Uh, 5 of 17 from the field, 2 for 9 from 3-point uh, land, 5 for 5 from the free throw line. Only went to the free throw line 5 times. And 13 of 14 from the line compared to 16 of 20 for the Thunder. So the Thunder outscored the Rockets at the free throw line, which is a good recipe to beat them. Really impressed with the way uh, Schroeder and Ferguson both guarded Harden without fouling, but especially Schroeder, he did a really good job of playing the positioning and kind of getting himself like uncomfortably close, but really not putting himself in danger um, to foul Harden. And if Harden's going to initiate the contact, it's enough space to cover that is too obvious that he's going to get that offensive foul called. And I, I just was really, really impressed uh, with his intelligence and how he's been playing the game. Really, really heady right now. I think Chris Paul has been really good for these guards on Oklahoma City Thunder. That is for sure. Uh, really just played some good basketball, moving the ball. If you go through their starting lineup, everybody had at least two assists. Ferguson was a low man with two. Paul had five. 
Uh, Gallinari had four. Adams and Shea both had three moving the ball around. Uh, even uh, Nader came in and had three as well. Uh, they got a total of 97 attempts, the, the, they being the Thunder. 97 attempts at the basket uh, compared to 96 for the Rockets. So they're pretty even there. But the Rockets went 11 of 40 from downtown. 11 for 40. So if they, if they got like a normal type of shooting percentage though even there uh, what would that be uh, if you want 40 percent of 40 it'd be 16 so that's an extra 15 points so even if you had an extra 15 points in here uh th this would make that close but the thunder still would have beat them on 40 percent shooting from downtown so they just outplayed them it's not just that the the rockets didn't hit threes and they did i mean they only shot 34 percent um, from downtown so they went 11 for 32 so that that's really uh, I don't want that to be what people take away from this game because there's a lot of well it's just whoever hits their threes in the shooting like or yeah or you can just outplay people and that's what the Thunder did they just simply outplayed them from the very beginning really entertaining game thank you for joining us today we're gonna wrap this up Oklahoma City Thunder 113 Houston Rockets 92 make sure to subscribe to attack the rack like it five stars if you listen to this whole thing you should at least give me five stars I mean I didn't make you listen to any ads or anything like that so at least give me a five star rating uh give me like write something nice you don't even have to be uh, yeah well you should be honest but uh say something nice if if you can think of anything about the show uh, for a review, we'd really appreciate it. Subscribe, subscribe, subscribe. Uh, share share it on social media because uh, I'm, I'm not smart enough to do that, apparently. Probably should do that. Uh, talk to you guys soon. <laughs>